0: Hi, Thomas. Hi, Elliot. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to... You. You. Queer. What? I. Queer.
1: <laughs> and that's Tom.
0: And that's Elliot. And we are... Dick Dickwick. Wick. Coming at you once again in isolation. Sorry if my microphone is absolute shite.
1: Tom is all the way in Grand Bend again. So thanks for leaving me all alone
0: Yeah. Toronto. I'm in Grand Bend because I miss you. Like, I miss hanging with you. And I know that... Your nickname is usually Grand Bender.
1: That was like that was like the <laughs> biggest stretch that I've personally heard all week. But thank you for that. Kinda, time. That was
0: kind of like your asshole.
1: The biggest stretch? Oh god, it hasn't been stretched in so long. Um, okay, listen to me for a second. Okay,
0: I'm listening. How
1: are you doing? <laughs>
0: uh, I'm okay, but I feel like we're gonna just take a deep dive, aren't we?
1: Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. So I just wanted to say. Um, Like, so Tom and I have been loving our quarantine chats and our episodes and they've been a little bit longer, which is why we haven't really done like intros that have news. Um, I'm sure there'll be episodes where Tom and I cover a lot of what we haven't, just uh, Tom and I. However, I, I, yeah, I just, I I can't ignore really what's going on right now in the world and the United States specifically and trigger warning, but I just want to cover, um, the six murders of black trans women that have occurred in the past seven days in the United States. Um, Really quickly. Six, sorry,
0: six trans women in seven days.
1: Uh, Yeah, and then also one um, white non-binary person was killed um, as well. In, in that time span. Um, so, okay, so from the human rights campaign, um, they've been tracking the rates of, uh, the murder rate sorry, of trans and gender non-conforming people since 2013, and 2020 has the highest rates of murder for this point in the year, they've recorded. The victims are disproportionately black. In 2019, there were 27 trans people murdered in the United States alone. Last month, on the fourth anniversary of the tragedy at Pulse, the human rights campaign, Everytown for Gun Safety Support Fund, Guilford's Law Center, and Equality Florida released a news report entitled, Remembering and Honoring Pulse, Anti-LGBTQ Bias and Guns Are Taking the Lives of Countless LGBTQ People. End quote. This report notes that over 10,000 hate crimes in the U.S. involve a firearm each year, which equates to more than 28- 10,000. Yeah, more than 28 a day. 28 a day. Correct. With a Um, firearm. Fire, yes. And for some reason, gun laws are still a contentious fucking political point in the United States. Um, The report also notes a marked increase in anti-LGBTQ hate crimes, especially against transgender people. Um, Since 2013, almost two-thirds of known cases of fatal violence against trans people have involved a gun, a number that rises to over 7 in 10 cases when it's black trans women. (sighs) Further. Holy fuck. Yeah. Further, advocates saw a forty-three percent increase in the formation of anti-LGBTQ hate groups in 2019. So since 2013, 10% of the murders have taken place in Florida and 10% in Texas, which are the states with the highest counts nationwide. Wow. Um, this That's doesn't a huge say this here. I'm just speculating, obviously, like the socio political climate in those places and also the gun uh, restrictions yes. or lack thereof, um, as well. Right so um, and like the
0: passion to own and carry and shoot
1: exactly exactly and i mean this doesn't say this here but like when the literal president of the united states is um devaluing trans life and is passing bill after bill devaluing trans life and the safety of trans and gender non-conforming people how like it's just it's such a um such a widespread epidemic in the united states of of this kind of hate and it's it's really really upsetting so um i'm just going to briefly go into these six black trans women that were murdered in the past week. And I left out the detail of of the way that they were murdered, although I can say that it is um, majority through gun violence. So Brayla Stone was found murdered in an Arkansas suburb on June 25th. Someone claimed on social media that he was paid $5,000 to kill her. And that person is now in custody. Brayla was 17 years old. Mercy Mack was found murdered in a Dallas parking lot on June 30th. Mack had recently posted on Facebook that she was excited to return to her job at a restaurant that had been closed due to the coronavirus pandemic. Her killer has not been found. Mercy was 22. Tatiana Hall was found murdered in Philadelphia, but she lived in Irvington, New Jersey. Haven't really found much else on her. Um, there's, I think, a lot of like misinformation surrounding her death. They originally said that she was found in Irvington, but, but she was found in Philadelphia. Tatiana was 22 years old. Um, I just want to interrupt you. I think a lot of what happens in these articles as well is that people get dead named and information gets stopped because of transphobia and policing and in the news and such. So I think that's also why there's not a lot of info. Um, Shaki Peters was found murdered near um, Amite City, Louisiana, on July 1st. She was originally dead named until Louisiana trans advocates intervened. Shaki was 32. Drea McCarty was found dead in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, either on or before July 1st. Um, reports vary on the date, but one report says Drea was found dead days before Shaki, who was found dead on July 1st. Um, Baton Rouge is only an hour away from Amite City. Louisiana trans advocates are suggesting a connection, I believe. Um, and the police haven't ruled Drea's death a homicide yet, and I can't find any other info on her. Um, but it is it is being treated by advocates as a homicide. Um, and then Bree Black was found murdered on... Uh, Pompano Beach, Florida, on July 3rd. No other information has been released. Bree was 27 years old. Also, um, this is what I mentioned earlier. On July 1st in Seattle, Washington, there was a Black Femme March in solidarity with Black Lives Matter against police brutality. Uh, a car had drove into the crowd of protesters, hitting Diaz Love, who is still in serious condition, and killing Summer Taylor, a white non-binary 24-year-old person. Um, so that's all within the last week, and i I mean like th- I might be out on a limb here, but I really don't think it's a coincidence that it's all um hovering around a national holiday, celebrating America, you know, like July fourth, whatever um mm-hmm. independence guns, the whole thing is just it's just really upsetting um and I don't really have much else to say on that, but
0: um thank you for educating us all on all those tragedies i know that's really hard to listen to and but it's important to listen to so thank you
1: well yeah and i just want to say sorry no that's it i just want to say to our listeners um like i know podcasts are weird and it's weird listening to this and these two kind of random voices talking but um dm the page I, i don't really know what we could do but like i'm here to talk um, I'm here to listen. I'll, I'll 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 do what I can. I just I don't know. I think support and care is really important. And um, yeah, I, I don't. I I really don't even know how that's helpful, but I'm just going to put that out there.
0: No, no, that's nice. Uh, Jesus. Oh.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. And so also, so we we do have um, a really amazing guest this week. Um, the first guest in our podcast history to to return, I think. That's yeah, that's
0: right. Arthur is the first guest to return. So here he is um, coming on to talk about um, No Pride in Policing Coalition and the efforts that they've made um, to bring pride back to its its roots of, of being a protest against police brutality. Um, and they organized a, um, a teach-in last Sunday that he's here to talk about. But first, we have an update on on uh, how our council handled this.
1: Yeah, so Toronto is just fucking dropping the ball again and again and it's it's just kind of weird the day that we were recording with Arthur like literally as we were speaking this vote was underway.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so essentially uh council, councilor Matlau and Wong Tam uh worked together to put a motion to defund the police department by 10%, or sorry to cut the just budget 10%. I guess. Just 10%. Um like, and-
0: we'll get into it in this episode, but 10% is not a big ask. It's actually quite a small ask. Um, if you look at what sort of, what we're looking to abolish overall, exactly. um, it only ends up being about, what, $100 million, which may sound like a lot, but it's much, it's, it's not, it's a drop in the bucket, but we'll get into that. Anyway, sorry, Elliot.
1: No, no, thank you for that. Um, so, so what actually happened was 16 councillors voted no, Eight councillors voted yes, two councillors voted absent. Um, For sake of time, I won't read all their names, but this information's online. Please look up, please find if you're living in a ward uh, where your councillor had voted no, because I think that's really important to know and it's important to continue putting pressure um, through social media, through emails, through calling. Um, And I do also just want to say, I've heard from a lot of activists who say that um, and people who've worked in office who say that there are filters. So when campaigns have really good like you know, click here to send an email to all these counselors. That's good. That's something. But a lot of those emails don't get past filters because they're the same script. Um, so, you know, even if when you reach out, you could just change it a little bit or, or write something, you know, from yourself. Um, anyways, interesting.
0: sorry. interesting. Um, yeah, lastly, before we go into this um, great episode from Arthur, uh, it should be noted that John Tory was on that list of no's.
1: Thank you. So that's
0: our that's our mayor who voted to to not only um, decrease police police budget, but Elliot, as you said, increase the budget.
1: Yeah. So he actually there's actually other things involved in that that he'd put forward in his own motion. So he wanted to have police outfitted with cameras by next year, and that motion was passed seventeen to ten. Now there are studies, like multiple studies, showing that um, body cams don't help, and in fact, they hurt. um, And this is. This is, it's nothing. It's, it's, in fact, I think maybe worse than nothing. Um, and it directly ignores all of the work of Black activists and Black Lives Matter conducting these reports and doing these studies and, and urging this change. Mm-hmm. So, on top of that, yeah, like you'd said, Tom, um, in 2021, Tory has proposed that the budget will increase by 5 million. And based on a tweet by Councillor Matlow, um, that increase is meant to reoccur over the next 10 years to a total minimum of a $50 million increase over the next decade. Um, the Toronto Star reported on Tory's reforms um, saying that they're, quote, developing alternative ways for police to respond to calls that don't involve weapons, a call for the police services board to provide counsel with a line by line breakdown of the budget and ask that council uh, to commit to eradicating racial profiling and policing, which is like if you're going to commit to eradicating that, then you would have fucking a not voted against that 10 percent, uh, you know, budget cut and then also gone further and and listen to um, yeah the, the ask
0: the ask was small the ask yeah. was small and our counselors did not
1: um, listen Toronto's also a shit show right now Doug Ford has just recently um, lifted the ban on evictions in Toronto and protesters were gathered outside of Tory's house and then the police got involved and it's just looks like a really fucked up situation and Tory needs to address everyone and um, write this right now because due to the pandemic, people shouldn't be being evicted. And then on top of that, Doug Ford also just fucking um, passed a motion that says that new developments in Toronto um, aren't rent controlled. So, like, you know, we just need to keep having voices, keep, keep being sorry people on Sorry, poor
0: people. I guess you're homeless now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, just, yeah, fuck everyone, apparently, um, they said so. All right, without, okay.
0: without further queer... <laughs> Wait, I don't want to end on this is, note.
1: This is a fun episode, right? Like, there's there's yeah, stuff fun. to be said. Arthur's wonderful. It's interesting, wonderful. it's fun.
0: Arthur's very articulate. We are silly, and we talk about cake again, because apparently that's what we are all about now.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, enjoy <laughs> this. <laughs> Okay, we're recording, Tom, whenever you'd like to start us in.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I was just making a brisk joke, so I'm a little bit caught off
1: guard. You be more you. brisk with this entrance, please. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Um, it got a little this. bit short. <laughs> 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 Do we have to start again? No, we don't. Fuck <laughs> it. Uh, hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm very excited to have our first uh, guest reappear today for you all. Um, I hope you all remember him from our 62nd episode, entitled Pedagogical Faggot, uh, our one and only Arthur. Hi. 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 (laughs) Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me.
1: Now, if I'm not mistaken, you're here because we were mistaken. Um, Is that correct?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Let me uh, just correct that right away, because I was mistaken. (laughs) Well, I didn't correct you, so
1: (laughs) that's on us.
2: I'm here on a personal campaign to bring back uh, the corners uh, sections of the podcast (laughs) from the early seasons. Um, uh, Original listeners, uh, hardcore listeners will know what I'm talking about. And uh, I think it's I think it's time to bring back a corrections corner.
1: Let's do
0: it. You know what? You're listened to. We hear you. And all we can do is work to be better moving forward.
2: You're a podcast of the people, truly.
1: (laughs) And it works, too, because your episode title was Pedagogical Faggot. So, like, come back and teach us. Like, (laughs) help us learn.
0: It's nice and also intimidating talking to someone who's much smarter than me. Yeah, for sure. So, like, you and most of your life. (laughs) Most people. Moving on. Hi, Arthur. (laughs) Hi. Do
2: you want to give
0: our listeners just a little um, background in case they missed episode 62 on who you are and why you're here?
2: Um... Sure, I'll do who I am first, although I don't, I don't, I don't know how re- relevant it is. Uh, I'm a teacher, I'm still finishing that master's degree that I was working on last time I was on the podcast. <laughs> Hopefully this is the last semester, wish me luck. Uh, I'm a teacher with the TDSB. Um, we also talked about me coaching gymnastics, which was lots of fun, but I'm here today um, on behalf of the No Pride in Policing Coalition. Um, and we're a group that formed in 2018. Um, to support uh, Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter Toronto's uh, demands uh, that came at the 2016, uh, their 2016 action at the Pride Parade. Um, there was uh, a long list of demands, but the most uh, controversial one and that's taken the most work to um, continue to make a reality has been keeping uh, police out of the parade and out of the um, festival as well. So that's. Uh, that's when the NPPC formed. And now, um, yesterday, I'm still recovering. Um, we held uh, an event called Abolish the Police, a pride rally in Teachin uh, at Nathan Phillips Square, co sponsored by a lot of um, amazing organizations. Um, and I'm here to talk about that.
1: Amazing. I can't wait to hear all about it.
0: Fabulous. And just because I'm clunky with transitions and I like gimmicks, uh, before we get into all that nitty gritty, um how's everyone feeling today in the form of a color hmm Tom, i can go first please thank you i'm like a goddamn lavender like a goddamn (laughs) lavender like i'm in a field full of lavender i smell like lavender there's lavender up my butt wow like i'm eating some lavender Mm. it's just like i don't it's like we've been so and i'm i say this from a, a place of privilege as I always we always have to do but I'm just tired and like my body is just shut down and I'm at peace because i have shut down like the moment right before you like drown or have hypothermia that you get really peaceful yeah, <laughs> like that kind of right. <laughs> that's
1: right oh, I love or, yeah, yeah 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 it's like you're, I in, care. The, like,
2: you're in the snow bank
0: yeah the last few weeks have just been like a personally and not personally it's just so intense and I'm just like still alive bitches
1: wow i love that energy thank yeah. you for sharing right. um arthur would you like to go next
2: i'd love to the first thing that came to mind was aquamarine so that's Ooh. that's what i'm gonna go with um Top i JoJo? <laughs> um, i slept in today um that was my my treat to myself after um a long day at uh, nathan phillips square yesterday And um, my partner's um, sister has a pool. So I was just over there. And so, you know, I'm no more creative than the last activity I did. So Aquamarine.
1: That's so nice. I love that. (laughs) Um, Okay, it's me. So I guess like, if I like just in this exact moment, I feel like, um, like a butterscotch snack pack pudding um, that was left in your lunchbox for way too long. And like, maybe you eat it on the bus ride home and it's like, it's, it's past its prime. It wasn't even good. It's not even the best flavor to begin with. Right. Uh, Is there
0: like a film on top of yes, it? Like absolutely. a crusty film or absolutely. something? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's discolored?
1: You break through that crusty film and it's almost worse on the inside. Um, yeah. I yeah. can't really put into words like why, but that just, it just feels like me in this moment. You're giving off that energy. Okay, well, good. I'm yeah. going to really try and like put some lavender in my crusty, my crusty snack pack.
0: Sure. And I'll sit on a snack pack. <laughs> That's Perfect.
1: Let's just roll with that.
0: Okay, so we're all coming from different places, and that's why we talk about the colors. Thank Uh, you. Anyway, let's dive into yesterday,
2: Arthur. What the hell happened? Um, Great question. What the hell did happen? Um, So yesterday, we um, gathered at Nathan Phillips Square um, to... to, to demand immediate defunding. So the, the purpose of the NPPC continues to be to support um, Black Lives Matters. Uh, Black Lives Matter Toronto's demands. Um, and they've issued a whole new series of demands in relation to policing. Um, the NPPC, um, we have some uh, incredible uh, members of colour uh, in our working group and in the group as a whole. Um, Beverly Bain was the, one of the MCs at the event yesterday. Um, And she worked um, with a number of other um, Black activists and scholars um, to um, elaborate a few additional demands, um, addressing uh, calling for an end to the RCMP, for example, um, calling for um, an end to um, binary gender in a number of systems to um, make sure that we're um, supporting um, Black and Indigenous trans people. and so uh, we, we were there to um, issue these demands, to um, get people to sign on. And one of, the, one of the really interesting and exciting things to me about all of this is um, how all of the different ways that um, various departments of the movement um, complement each other. Um, so the Friday before, there was um, a Juneteenth action outside of uh, Toronto Police Headquarters, um, BLMTO. Um, had an action and then Not Another, not another Black Life did. Uh, and so after after speaking to people, the, the consensus was that our place was to offer something that was specific to the queer community, um, but that also was um, trying to do some education. And so that's where the teaching um, part of the rally came in, to um, take people from this starting place of defunding, um, which we've seen start to be um, co-opted, um, by, by, you know, liberal council people or MPs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, this, you know, revolutionary energy, um, we're getting back stuff like body cams or a 10% cut instead, things that are completely ina- inadequate. And so that's why it was really important to us um, for um, the, the drive behind, behind the event to be link defund to abolition, defund and abolish, defund as a first step towards <laughs> abolition because... Right. Yep. Um, because of the way that defunding is starting to be co-opted.
1: And even even the the not enough um, motions right now like those are being hard passed, you know, like that's not <laughs> even happening easily, so I think that's really important the momentum that that y'all are doing.
2: Yeah, and and like that's the um, so Desmond Cole, um, incredible journalist, um, came on we had a we had a working group of I think about um, Seven of us to start. And then Desmond Cole came on at a really pivotal moment um, to um, help us connect with someone to do the streaming of the event. And so the we streamed the whole event. The video of that is still up on our page, uh, which is the No Pride in Policing Coalition. So people can still find uh, that I think three plus hours of incredible speakers, both in person and um, who were participating uh, via Zoom. Um, but <laughs> looping back i remembered what i was gonna say desmond cole <laughs> ended uh the rally by calling on everyone there to take some um further political action to call their uh counselors and tell them that um body cams are not what we're asking for 10 percent is not what we're asking for and so you know, as important as it is to push those, um, counselors who are opposed or reluctant, it's also important. I'm, I'm in the, uh, I live in the village. My counselor is Kristen Wong Tam and she's one of the co-sponsors of the motion. So she, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. she put that out there, but we also need to tell her 10% is not enough. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you know, we we could have a whole. Uh, hopefully, we will have a whole exciting discussion about you know the Overton window and what we're what we're making sort of um, you know considered possible when mm-hmm. it comes to um, when it comes to changing the way policing happens. Um, but but we have to push all of our councillors to do better.
1: Definitely, and I just want to say too for listeners, um, in case a lot has changed in the following week, um, when you say yesterday, you're talking about the 28th because this will likely come out.
0: I'm sorry, yes, um, in a week from now.
1: Um, Thank you. Also, I'd just like to loop back for one second. Um, you're on here uh, as a as a corrections corner in part. And so can we just step into that corner for a minute, if we may?
2: <laughs> yeah, could you do me? How, could you, could, what if you introduce the corrections corner? I, would, I need a call back. I need that in my life.
0: <laughs> all right, folks. It's time for corrections corner. <laughs> I know you've all been waiting. And now here we are. And I'm sure you know what? <clears throat> we should have, we... No, we've oh, yeah. really let this go by the wayside because I'm sure there's tons of corrections. I think people also do. just started letting us get
1: away with a little bit too much. I know. Uh, and, we, and we, not me. Were, <laughs> and I'm not here.
0: <laughs> I demand accountability.
2: <laughs> Thank you so and much. And we
0: went mad with the <laughs> <laughs> If I'm going to be
1: totally honest, I'm not sure that I should say this, but I have an awful short term memory. So, like, <laughs> A lot of times, like, I'm not even super certain what I've said in a previous episode, um, so I really appreciate you doing this, Arthur. Um, oh, you're the
0: perfect person to host a political podcast. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much.
1: I mean, listen, I mean, yeah, I could probably smoke a lot less weed and that problem would go away. Well,
0: I'm a giant hypocrite because it's uh, my correction and not yours That's that we need fair. to address. Uh, so I did quote number the police budget numbers, and those are numbers that I took off of the, the city of Toronto budget mm-hmm. website for 2018 but obviously there's some uh, there's some alternative facts at play here originally I quoted 682 million for the police budget but I'm now learning that it's much much higher in fact maybe even double that is that right Arthur
2: yeah over so it surpassed billion a year or two ago but the in 2019 the Toronto police uh services budget was 1.02. Billion dollars!
1: Holy crap! Oh my god!
2: Yeah, okay, and so, so, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Sorry, what were you going to say?
2: I was just going to say ten. Ten percent of that is a drop in the bucket. Ten percent right. of that is rolling yeah. back a few years of inflation, exactly. and that's
0: important. And that so when we corrected, or when I corrected that, sort of when the LA mayor said that he was cutting a hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. that's that's as you said a drop in the bucket. So $100 million is 10% of 1 point whatever billion. Right. And obviously that's not enough. To kick the bucket over yeah. and spill it out. Kick that bucket and pee in it. Um, if the pee is like pouring funding into other social services. Of course. Well, yeah. that's obvious. That's at the forefront of all my piss play.
1: Me too, I'm <laughs> glad you said that. It's time for political empowerment <laughs> piss play. There's not enough of it. Um, Arthur, can you just like walk back a little bit and um, give kind of like uh, I just get like wider contextualization for No Pride in Police um, and what it is that the coalition stands for, like at large, if
2: you're if you're able to. Sure. Yeah. So the I mean the organization started um, around a very a very concrete goal it was just which was just to make the demands that um, BLMTO uh, put forward um, a reality. And that has been a multi-year, hard-fought, ongoing process. Mm -hmm. The police have been invited back, or um, staff, or I should say, um, the executive director at Pride uh, attempted, when it was very clear what the membership had voted on, to invite police back um, in defiance of what we as members had said. And so that was that was the, the genesis of the organization. And then, um, you know, so we've been, it's, it's you know, we're, we're, we're not a huge group. Um, and, you know, we've done things that we're really proud of, particularly this action yesterday, Sunday, June 28th. Um, but um, oh, I've lost my train of thought.
0: Well, that's okay. So the, how, how many of you are there
2: so our our working group um, for organizing this event was nine now now it returns to me what i was going to say and so previously um, we were really active around um, annual general meetings for pride toronto because that's when we would we were putting forward motions so at the last one we put forward uh, a motion for um pride toronto to take a stand against further increases to the police budget um And we've, um, you know, continually had to vote to keep police out. But in between those periods, um, you know, these are a bunch of really incredible people. I already mentioned Beverly Bain. Um, Poonam Kosla is also uh, an academic. Um, Gary Kinsman has a long history of uh, organizing as well.
1: uh, Gary Kinsman's actually a family friend, which is funny when I saw his name there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Um, Jocelyn Piercy, Nancy Irwin, um, Tom Hooper, Uh, Nick Mule, YC Lee and myself, I think, hopefully I didn't leave anyone off. I think I named everyone that that was the working group, but, you know, and I'm a teacher, you know, we are, so in between those periods, we were all doing our own thing, but then, you know, we've all been impacted by what's been happening here in Toronto, here in Canada, but also, you know, obviously in the U S and around the world as well. And so when these things happened, when we saw, you know, all of these um, police You know, murders in the U.S. Breonna Taylor, um, Tony McDade, um, Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, and then you know we saw so many killings here in Canada as well, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Regis uh, Crittenden, Paquette. You know, who knows if we'll if we'll ever know? um, You know, how that death came about, and there've been many more um, police murders here, and so that, you know, that pushed one member of our group to say, we should do something. And that conversation eventually um, evolved into this um, action on Sunday, which was not only, you know, supporting those demands and advancing our own, but um, was also trying to drag pride back to its political roots. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And specifically, especially in, you know, I I think, you know, in, in Toronto, you know, uh, it's well known that, um, you know, there, there were Pride picnics and stuff on the island um, prior to uh, Operation Soap Open the Bathhouse raids, but that was an important moment for the community. It's often spoken about how um, Stonewall was an important moment and, you know, both of which responding to police violence. And so opposing police violence, that's the, you know, that's the, the roots of Pride. And so it was really um, fitting for us to do it on Pride Sunday as well.
0: Amazing. Well fucking said. Um... Thank you for all for doing all of that. Like, I don't know, I'm kind of in awe. Did so how did yesterday go? Did you get the turnout that you hoped for?
2: Yeah, it was it was really exciting. Um, My participation in previous events has been limited because my partner is immune suppressed and so I didn't want to put him um, at any more risk, but when it came to organizing this event, like I said, there was there was a small group of us, and it was it was really incredible how um, everyone, our our combination of skills and talents together made this thing happen, and how you know it would have fallen apart without any one of us there. So, um, you know, what I, I I would really put Beverly Bain at, at the front of it because um, you know she was in contact with all of these other organizations without whose co- co-sponsorship we couldn't have gone forward, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter Toronto, Not Another Black Life, Blockorama. There's a whole host of organizations that whose support we needed. Um, Afro Indigenous Rising have been uh, occupying Nathan Phillips Square uh, with tents since um, the Juneteenth action. And so it was really important to us that um, we have their co-sponsorship as well, so that we weren't you know, colonizing the the space that they were holding since um, since that action.
0: Interesting. But
2: what I was really um, it I was it was really fulfilling because my my skill set working with some really uh, incredible and experienced activists was to be able to do uh, my, my my you know not particularly um, nuanced but thank God I'm a millennial job of creating a Facebook event and a, a Twitter account and uh, and an Instagram page and um, organizing some of those things which which helped let people know about it but there were there were tons of people there. Um, and we, we left our impact on the space too, there were chalkings. And so all along the inside of that rink, you know, in addition to all of the incredible signs that um, Afro-Indigenous Rising had in the space, a new banner that they put up over the Toronto sign, uh, reclaiming it as the Toronto sign, um, those have all, all left a mark on the space, which is really, really exciting and gratifying
0: beautiful fabulous
1: i um i know also that you'd reached out to other members of the coalition um and people are pretty busy right now i just like to say as an open shout out um if anyone else involved in that is listening um this isn't a one-time conversation obviously and like this space is um you know welcome to anyone who would like to come speak on this and thank you so much for reaching out arthur and sharing the work that you've all been doing
2: yeah i mean i've i've learned a lot i've um i've said beverly bain's name Punam Kosla has been really uh, incredible in making this event happen as well um and she's uh, a queer woman of color um but i've i've learned um how to how to better be a uh, an ally or accomplice or whatever you know sort mm-hmm. of te- terminology you want to use like specifically as a white person and so you know, I brought this to you know, I, I brought this idea of of speaking to you all, um, to the whole group, um, but, um, Beverly and Punam are are wiped, as are many of us, but them especially. Of They've course. done a lot of um, a lot of media, um, CBC and CTV and da 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 da, and so uh, they're having they're having a well earned rest while. Uh, well, I spend some wonderful time with you all like
1: Amazing. Yeah. Um also too, I just like to say for our listeners um that maybe aren't based in Canada or Toronto or that have forgotten, um, when you speak about the uh, demands that Black Lives Matter Toronto had put forward, that was during the Pride Parade um when BLM staged the sit-in, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, that's right. And that was uh, twenty seventeen.
2: Twenty sixteen.
1: Twenty sixteen, right. Okay.
2: Um
0: <clears throat> uh I'm hesitant to say this, but uh, a part of that makes me hopeful because when that sit-in happened in 2016, which is part of the reason why we even started this project, Elliot, you and I, in the first place, um, many, many people in the queer community were were mad about that, were mm-hmm. mad at BLM.
2: Yeah. Um, and especially in the white queer community. And uh, white certainly Certainly, certainly especially,
0: yeah, especially like a lot of the people in my circles, which is why, one of the reasons why we decided to, open our big fat mouths um but i will say that a lot of those people have have made a 180 mm-hmm. on their on their views of it and i know it's not much and it's not enough but it is uh it is nice to see that a lot of the people who had a specific view of of blm 4 years ago have a completely different view of it now
1: for sure and a specific view of pride in and of itself yeah the conversation about like you've said arthur pride returning to its roots which just really opposes police brutality it opposes um you know state-led oppression um and there's just there was a really loud voice for pride being like let us get to celebrate and party and whatever and it's like that's obviously still fun and fine but like that can't be it that is not pride in and of itself right um yeah
2: yeah. Uh, and who's leading those celebrations, right? Who's making yeah. money from those celebrations? Because sure. um, we had Cyrus Marcus Ware as one of the speakers um, at our action yesterday. And then Cyrus uh, is also involved with Rama. And so, you know, it's you right. know, people, people need joy. People need um, to be sustained in this movement. And so that's part of it, too. Um, but we have to look at who those who those artists are and who's getting to celebrate.
1: Exactly
0: um, this leads pretty uh, pretty well into our season four question, Arthur, if you'll indulge us um, what does what is your vision of a queer future um,
2: wasn't there a second part to that question I felt
0: yeah like but that. we're not at the second part yet
2: <laughs> but I'm but I'm better at answering the second part. <laughs> okay fine, I'll give it um, to you in two parts
0: and what is your hope for this reality to come to fruition?
2: Yeah, it's so, I'm, I'm sure I must have thought how, how interesting it was that you were like asking about queer futures because um, last time I was on, I talked about this idea that I'm working with of queer joy and those two things are very um, tied up to me.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: there's um, like such an incredible history of um, people sort of engaging in some like utopian thinking um, like Afrofuturism. Um, so, and same thing in the, in the, um, you know, in, in queer scholarship as well. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to, to have a, to have a not, I mean, I guess the, the starting place is that for people not to be oppressed anymore in any way mm-hmm. on the basis of, you know, um, of gender or race or, um, sex or, you know, any ability, any of those, you know, immigration status or citizenship, any of the the you know million things um, class that people are oppressed for right now, um, and then sort of beyond that, um, just a, a space for queerness um, to be celebrated, um, for it to just be be a part of the everyday. Yeah, that's a shitty yeah. answer, but No, not, right? <laughs> it's not shitty at all. I feel like I should be outlining. All right, here's my 10-point plan for a career future.
0: <laughs> no, but you forget First, that I'm you forget that, that I'm such like police. a creative faggot artist. So like I was I was willing to go on whatever picture you wanted to paint for me. It's
1: true, I'd roll with that as yeah. well. What is it that is there anything that you can put your finger on that gives you a hope for that future?
2: Yeah, I mean, um Like you were talking a little bit uh, about already, Tom, you know, the, the change that um, we've seen through this moment and this is, you know, that's something that I think a lot of people are aware of and I don't know, maybe particularly people who've been some of the activists that I've worked with that have been working on these things for a long time, because there are these periods of, you know, the long drawn out fight with sort of little progress in sight. And then there are Mm -hmm. these really exciting moments where, Um, you know, there's a possibility for real change um, so much faster than anticipated. And so that's what that's what gives me hope, I guess, you know, right now, it's a qualified hope, because we've seen some really exciting victories in different places in the US and how they'll pan out long term, we don't know. But I don't know that we've seen We haven't seen the kind i think i think it's a really perfect example of the difference between canada and the us and that we had this action there have been a number of actions across the country and we haven't seen um you know the i don't i i i always always hesitate to make this comparison but i I don't think we've seen we didn't we didn't experience um a lot of oppressive police violence when we held this action um i'm not going to say that as a blanket statement because i'm i'm sure it's happened for other actions and you know, it's been underreported and we, we might not know about it. I might not know about it. Um, But the flip side of that, I think is too, that we've also haven't seen any progress. So we've just got this, you know, maintenance of the status quo. We've got a 10% cut proposed and that's fucking it. So, you know, we, that that's Canada to me, like, we're we're you know, we're not gonna we're we're gonna let you have your little event, we're gonna stand aside and watch, and then we're not gonna fucking change anything. Yeah. It's really but, insidious. Yeah. Yeah. It's like complicit in a nice way. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and too, I like I like what you're saying, and I'm seeing a lot of conversation online where um which is also giving me hope where people are saying, like, okay, cool, so whatever, 10% budget cut is proposed. Um, they're changing like, you know, like the voice of black cartoon characters and like, you know sitcoms are getting pulled from streaming services and and I've seen a lot of people be like okay that is not enough and like there is just a very much um, too little too late like that's great but you're not going to get a big thank you like that's bare minimum and like let's keep going and um, a lot of conversation about keeping momentum going which is really exciting.
0: It's like if you have a cake and like all these like you know pulling episodes and Mm -hmm. firing actors and stuff it's like just scraping off the icing instead of like Slicing right on down to that motherfucker.
1: What a delicious analogy,
2: Tom. (laughs) I was really excited to see where that was gonna go as soon as you said it's like a cake. (laughs) What kind of cake is it like, Tom? Red velvet. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking red velvet.
1: (laughs) I had like I had like a like a black forest cherry in my brain when you were saying that. I have
0: cake on the mind just because I I like I never like cake, but for some reason I just want to eat cake. Mm, But I I I also like love cakes. (laughs) I love big ass cakes. Big like ass comma cake that I call cake. Yeah, yeah, I love that yeah. for you.
1: Um that was derailing important conversation corner. (laughs)
0: Yes! (laughs) That was cake corner with Tom. (laughs) Can
1: Can you you do a
2: baking (laughs) spinoff? It's
0: a
1: great idea. If I knew how to bake, sure. (laughs) But every every cake needs an analogy, needs a backstory, (laughs) needed politics.
2: (laughs) This cake represents the history of queer oppression in Canada.
0: I'm such an idiot. How do people listen to me? I'm so sorry, everyone. (laughs) Oh, that's really exciting.
2: Okay, um
0: <laughs> sorry. This is not silly, but I just have a tendency to make things silly when they shouldn't be. No, it's
2: important. It's important. It's so important to laugh. We had we had some really good laughs. Our, we had our our last meeting before the event on Saturday night, and we had some good fucking laughs.
0: So on that note, does anyone have a double rainbow to share with us? Like something nice that's happened this week? I can go first because I thought of mine. Please go ahead. Okay, number one, The Chicks, formerly known as Dixie Chicks, with their amazing new song, March. And the the video is incredible. I love them, and I love everything they've always stood for, and I love them even more now. And um, I watched, uh, what's it called? Disclosure Mm -hmm. today. I don't know if anyone's had a chance to watch, but if you haven't, you it, you must. It is a must watch.
1: I have not yet. Can it's, you say the premise of it?
0: Yeah, sure. So it's it just sort of chronicles all of the trans representation we've had in the media mm. since, well, I guess, the beginning of the media. And um, it's staggering to see what that representation is. It's like 99% uh, like... Uh, sex workers who are murdered holy fuck so it's like i know i'm exaggerating obviously and now i can corrections corner that <laughs> but 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 it's totally done by all um by all trans people and it is uh c- it continues to be intersectional mm-hmm. and the conversations are really interesting and these these people who speak uh about their own experiences in movies and tv sh- tv show are very very brave and open and it's a really inspiring and enlightening. Watch. Okay, I'm very excited. Netflix, you said.
1: Yep. Okay. Cool. Arthur, did do you have one, or did you want me to go first?
2: Um, I could go, but it's gonna Bees. be super lame. Like myself, my double rainbow is definitely yesterday. Um, Amazing. It started out super stressful, arriving at Costco without a membership.
0: But... <laughs>
2: oh God! <laughs> How did you and... get past? <laughs> well, thank you know, thank God for for COVID nineteen. They made an exception. That's <laughs> oh, the wow. the one positive thing to come out of uh, the coronavirus. Is uh, Did somehow. you have any
0: cheap wieners? They have some good cheap. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love a
2: cheap wiener. I know. Me too.
0: I'm just picturing someone cutting you, saying "Thank
2: God for COVID completely yeah. Out of context, yep. and like yep. only listening to that part. Thank God for COVID nineteen. That's says actually Arthur the name Burroughs. of this episode. <laughs> Sorry, Arthur. <laughs> In
1: brackets with Arthur Burroughs, <laughs> at your handle.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: No, so your double
0: my right address, my phone number. Docs. P.S. He loves cheap wieners. <laughs> <laughs> oh my good god.
2: Um, um but and then it ended with uh with a beer behind city hall so if that's, that's not beautiful. a
0: double rainbow i don't know what is it certainly fucking is.
1: that is absolutely beautiful um okay well i have one i don't actually remember if i've said this yet because of the short-term memory problem that i was explaining
0: i'll let you know thank you. Correcting
1: you um the the tv show i may destroy you have
0: I mentioned that on here yet? Oh, fuck. I know you've told me about it in person. I know that's, that's part of the reason why I can't remember. There were microphones in front of I, our faces. I fences, don't think I... so. Not <laughs> not okay, okay just, well, whatever. Just double, I heard. double down on it, Elliot.
1: I will. Double down on my double rainbow. It's um, it's the new television show by Michaela Cole, the writer-creator of Chewing Gum. Um, she was also in Black Earth Rising. She was in an amazing um, Black Mirror episode. I'm like quite literally obsessed with her. And this TV show is based on a real life experience she had while she was um, writing the second season of chewing gum, uh, trigger warning, sexual assault, her drink was spiked and she was raped. And uh, she decided to write a television show where the main character is like based on her and she brings dark comedy and humor to this really fucked up situation, but also tries to take back agency by like, what if the character found out who, who the person who spiked it was, who the rapist was. Um, I'm only on episode three. There's only three episodes out, but it's like, it's just phenomenal. Everyone needs to watch it. That's fucking. That sounds awesome. It's where amazing. can where can we watch it? Uh, it's I'm watching it through Crave with HBO. Okay. So yeah, that's
0: mine. Cute. And, and that was Media Corner for you, Arthur, and for listeners.
2: <laughs> this is for giving listeners? me the most satisfaction.
0: i are gonna have
1: to just bring it back hardcore.
2: Yeah, this week's um, Satisfaction Corner. Costco Hot dogs.
0: Uh And just to have a, um, a callback corner mm. here. Arthur, can you tell our listeners one more time where we can find you and where we can
2: find out more information about this coalition? Um, They should check out uh, No Pride in Policing Coalition on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. We also have uh, a brand new website. Um, Right now, we're taking a couple of days to um, recuperate and regroup, but um, we are excited about um, new ways to engage folks who are new to activism uh, in this moment.
1: Mm That's amazing. And did you want to plug your personal handle so people can like fan queer over you?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, in, in <laughs> the, the years since I was last on, I still don't have uh, any any personal handles. <laughs> uh, but they can email me ajcburrows at gmail.com. That's B-U-R-R-O-W-S.
1: I love that. Old style. What about some snail mail? Do you want to give your address? Yeah, sure. First? Let me give out my <laughs> home
0: address. <laughs> I'm going to send off a carrier pigeon to your window. It's just that's me or
2: something <laughs> well, t- you, to my back. You could do it from uh, Elliot's place. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's
0: true. Um, actually, I'm going to be both of your neighbors now, too. Oh, that's I'm really moving exciting. right across the street. Tom just can't stay away from the village. I just love you. I bet that's... I know what
2: building you're moving into.
1: It's all that cake. Yeah, well, wow. <laughs> all that cake. I just can't
0: get enough cake and cake.
1: Let's end <sighs> oh, <on> this. <laughs> this is a joy. Um, okay, Arthur, it was really great um, to see you again. It was great to hear from you. Thank you so much for coming on and also for um, keeping us honest.
0: Yeah, and all of the fucking work you do too as yeah. well. Thank
2: it's you really so much important. for having me.
0: Yeah,
1: um, yeah. we'll reach back out. Uh, please let us know uh, what's going on in the coalition. We'll keep our listeners informed. Um, and everyone make sure you check out No Pride in Policing Coalition. <laughs> without further a queer see you next
0: tuesday <laughs> <laughs> bye do you queer 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 do you
2: queer do you queer do you queer do
0: you queer